Happy New Year. 2021 has been a year. In our home, I feel like we played catch up for the time we lost in 2020. Last spring, kids finally went back to playing sports. My son Ben, or should I say David, my husband and I, we had FOMO, fear of missing out. This is very unlike of me because I usually have JOMO, joy of missing out. We decided to put Ben in every sport, just like all the other boys his age in our neighborhood. This year, Ben played football, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, basketball, swimming, snowboarding, and even tried surfing with a life jacket because he barely knew how to swim. And in September, all the kids went back to in-person school full time. We thought things were going to be normal with the vaccines, but now that's not the case. And here we are, first Sunday of 2022 with another COVID variant. Our lives, our children's lives, might not be where we want them to be. So much is happening in the world that I can barely keep up with the news anymore. I remember last spring when people asked me, how are you doing? My response was blah. Oh, you know, I feel blah. And then I came across a New York Times article written by Adam Grant a psychologist titled, there is a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. I immediately texted this article to David and my family, and the one who works at a large tech company, she wrote back saying how the word languishing has been the talk at their company. And Adam Grant writes, at first, I didn't recognize the symptoms that we all had in common. Friends mentioned that they were having trouble concentrating. Colleagues reported that even with vaccines on the horizon, they weren't excited about 2021. A family member was staying up late to watch National Treasure again, even though she knew the movie by heart. And instead of bouncing out of bed at 6 a.m., I was lying there until 7 playing words with friends. It wasn't burnout, we still had energy. It wasn't depression, we didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. It turns out there's a name for that, languishing. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your day, looking at your life through a foggy windshield, and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. Adam Grant continues, he says, in psychology, we think about mental health on a spectrum from depression to flourishing. Flourishing is the peak of well-being. Languishing is the neglected middle child of mental health. It's the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. So I did a little self-evaluation. Why was I feeling blah? Why am I responding to people with blah? Have you found yourself saying that? Or maybe even thinking that? Have you been watching endless Netflix? You don't even need to press play to watch the next episode. There's this little circle icon that says next episode and it automatically plays for you. How convenient is that? And, or maybe like, are you spending End of, end of endless hours shopping online, drinking a little bit too much wine, 
mindlessly watching TikTok or YouTube, those play continuously play as well. And have you found yourself in the state of blah? Today I want to share how you can go from languishing to flourishing through the study of Luke 15, the parable of the lost son. In this parable, there are three main characters at play, the father, the younger son, and the older son. But today, I'm going to focus on the older son. In the older son's response, we will learn what languishing looks like. And in the father's response to the older son, we will learn how to flourish. Before I get to the older son, let me briefly tell you about the younger son. The younger son goes to his father and asks, Father, give me my share of the estate. The son receives his portion of the estate, sells it, and then without a delay goes off to a far distant country and spends all his money in wild living. After the younger son has spent everything, there was a severe famine. He no longer, no longer had a place to live or even food to eat. He had spent all his fortune, so he got hired to feed pigs. Then he hit rock bottom and then came to his senses. He said to himself, how many of my father's higher servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go back to my father and say, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So the younger son got his speech ready and then got up and went to his father. While the younger son was still far ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. So he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. As the son started to say his prepared speech, father interrupts and says to, says to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandal on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead, is live again. He was lost and is found. And now we come to the older son. The older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what's going on? Your brother has come back and your father has killed a fattened calf because of his safe return. The older son hears of this. He gets angry and refuses to go in. So the father goes out to plea with the older son. But the older son answers in verse 29 to 30. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill a fattened calf for him. Listen to this response. He sounds joyless, aimless, and definitely muddily through life. He is languishing. Unhappy with this particular season of life, he responds to his father with all these years. Languishing did not happen overnight. This is something that has been happening for years. He has been feeling blah 
for many years. Can you relate to this? Have you been in a long journey of languishing? Are you feeling apathetic, not motivated to push through in life, helping out a coworker maybe, checking out on your friends, caring for your neighbors, and you just can't seem to finish that project at home, school, or work? Do you feel blah, dragging yourself? And doesn't it feel like we have been in this pandemic for many, many years? In Luke 15, we learn three things from the older son about languishing. When we languish, the first thing that happens is we drift from the Father. We drift from the Father. We see this in life of the older son. He hears that his younger brother is back, but that the father is hosting a party to celebrate his brother's return. He gets angry and refuses to go in. In the Middle Eastern culture where the story takes place, the older son's refusal to participate in the party is a deep public insult against the father. It's dishonoring his father. The older son doesn't seem to care for the father anymore. He is okay with bringing disgrace to his father and their household. This is more than about the younger son. This is about him and his father. And when we enter a season of languishing, we forget who the father is. We focus on who he isn't. Why isn't he fixing my problems? Why isn't he moving mountains like he said he would? Why is there still COVID? Why? When we languish, the second thing that happens is we drift from our identity. One of the most important things of being a Christian is knowing who we are. The older son forgets that he is a child and starts living like a slave. He says, I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. He tried to live in obedience out of duty, not out of love. And that is symptomatic of losing our identity. Somewhere along the way, the son considered himself as one of his father's slaves. He has been just working, doing his duty. He had no thrill, no pride, no love in his work. It was just burdensome duty. What had happened? Why did the father, where did the father-son relationship go? It sounds like there is a lot of bitterness growing in the heart of the son. When we languish, the third thing that happens is we drift from our mission. We drift from our mission. In verse 30, the older son says, But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. As a church, when this person, the younger son, comes into our church, Bethany North, 
Do we celebrate and embrace? This tells us if we have drifted from our mission. The older son doesn't seem to care that his brother has come home. The brother whom the father probably lost sleep over, eagerly waiting for him to come home. Every day, the father looked at the gate of their village to see if his younger son was coming home. The older son knew how much the father was waiting for his brother. But when we're languishing, we get so lost in the party we want to throw for ourselves more than the party we need to throw for those that come to Jesus. The older son has somehow has forgotten the love of the father. The son has forgotten his identity as a son. And he has forgotten what it's like to have a relationship with the father. Maybe you have also forgotten how to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Slowly, your relationship with God has become more transactional than relational. This is exactly what happens when we are languishing. But today, I want to invite you to go from languishing to flourishing. Church, this is how you go from languishing to flourishing. First, find contentment in God. Find contentment in God. Verse 31 says, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Think about that phrase. Think about what this phrase says. Just don't read it. Let it sink in. Everything I have is yours. God is not lending it to us. He's not asking you to be impressed by it. He says, everything I have is yours. That leads us to be grateful. Finding contentment in God means that we are grateful. So I challenged myself um, to a gratitude challenge for 20 days on my first day at Bethany North. And every day I would identify something different that I was grateful for each day. And maybe this is something you can do as well. Second, ask yourself, what is the most important thing? What is the most important thing? Looking at verse 32, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found When we look at the father's demeanor in this entire parable, this is what makes the father's heart sing. This is the most important thing. A couple of weeks ago, so many of you um, have heard that we 
have lost their new location. But it has occurred to us that the building wasn't the most important thing. What was important is what we did the day before. Handing out coats, scarves, gloves, hand warmers, sanitizers, and socks to the neighbors on the streets of Aurora and sharing the love of Jesus. These are the most important things. As we have this kind of perspective in life, when we are focused on the mission, it is impossible to languish over where we are. Blah. Because we can flourish in the life God is leading us to. And in Matthew 22, Jesus tells us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Living the American lifestyle is to have everything under control. Your grades are good, got a great group of friends, can't ask for a better job, you found the love of your life, marriage is great, and your kids are little angels. But at the end of the day, this isn't flourishing. There will be days when grades are not good. You don't have good friends. Your job is not going well. Can't, and you can't find the love of your life. And marriage is hard. And parenting is even harder. The American dream isn't flourishing. Because flourishing is found in God. We need to love God with everything we have. We can try our best to cover the turbulence we experienced in the past two years. But we will feel blah if we're not walking in the presence of God. Some practical questions are, are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? Are you worshiping God? Is your family pausing together to worship God? to give him thanks? Or is your brain capacity so full of blah of life that you can't think of anything else but yourself, your job, your marriage, and your kids? Adam Grant, in his article, suggests few things we can do to lead us to flourishing. He says, give yourself some uninterrupted time and focus on a small goal. These are great tools, but our hope for eternal flourishing is not found in this article. Our hope to flourish is found in God, to find contentment in God, and to know what the most important thing is in life, to love God and to love others. We can't live mindlessly anymore. We need to be alert. We need to be mindful of the presence of God in our lives. He is speaking to you louder than you can hear. 2021 has definitely not what we expected. Maybe it's in the unexpected of what is to come that we can move into flourishing that the Father desires for us.
Look around you. Look around your neighborhood, your city, your workplace, your school. Our God needs, our world needs God. And as people of God, we are called as his child to receive love and to love. We are called to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, our soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Let us pray. God, it has been some two years. For some of us, we have been in a season of languishing, and we didn't even know that we were in a place of languishing. But I pray, Lord, that you will speak to each one of us and call us and lead us into a life of flourishing, eternal flourishing. As you have said, everything I have is yours. You are always with me. May we cling to those words and find contentment in you. May we continue to love you with all of our hearts, soul, and mind. And may we love our neighbors as ourselves. So we thank you, God, for the word that you have given to us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.